By now, you've all heard of Italian Wine Unplugged 2.0, the latest book published by Mama Jumbo Shrimp. It's more than just another wine book. The fully updated second edition was inspired by students of the Vinitali International Academy and painstakingly reviewed and revised by an expert panel of certified Italian wine ambassadors from across the globe. The book also includes an edition by Professore Attilio Scienza, Italy's leading vine geneticist. The benchmark producer's feature is a particularly important aspect of this revised edition. The selection makes it easier for our readers to get their hands on a bottle of wine that truly represents a particular grape or region. To pick up a copy, just head to Amazon.com or visit us at MamaJumboShrimp.com. Welcome to this special Italian wine podcast broadcast. This episode is a recording off Clubhouse, the popular drop-in audio chat. This Clubhouse session was taken from the Wine Business Club and Italian Wine Club. Listen in as wine lovers and experts alike engage in some great conversation on a range of topics in wine. If you enjoy listening, please consider donating through italianwinepodcast.com. Any amount helps cover equipment, production, and publication costs. And remember to subscribe and rate our show wherever you tune in. All right. Welcome to Ambassador's Corner. Uh, my name is Joy Livingston. I am standing in for Stevie Kim, who is currently traveling yet again. She is in Wales, I think, today. She's been doing the uh, Vinital International Academy uh, Roadshow, I believe, and she's out there with Cynthia and a bunch of others. Um so she's uh, she's there, and, and so I'm doing it tonight. So I hope that's fine. Tonight, we have Renee Sverazza talking to Giovanna Caruso. So we do this Clubhouse Ambassadors Corner every Thursday. Um, it is going to be moving to a different day soon. I believe either Tuesdays or Fridays. I'll let uh, Laika explain that later, but... Um, uh, it is normally on Thursdays at this time, and it is replayed on the Italian Wine Podcast. So definitely tune in for that. We have a, a much larger following on the podcast. Unfortunately, Clubhouse, after the you know the dreaded scourge, it has um, it has basically not been as popular. But that's fine. It's actually a wonderful recording medium. And so we're, we're continuing with this. Um, and actually, uh, like I just told me, today is the 80th episode of Clubhouse, which is really, really, really huge. And I know Stevie is super excited because Clubhouse is really popular um, on the podcast. It is actually, I believe, the most popular show. So that's awesome. So let's let's get to it. So we have Renee. How you doing, Renee? Hey there. I'm doing great. It's a wonderful 12 p.m. here in Toronto, Canada. Uh, so I'm joining you guys from an afternoon type of view. And I'm excited to be chatting with Giovanna today. I'm deep fan of Sicilian wines. For those of you that don't know me, although I could see in the audience, there are some people that do know me, which is a lovely thing to see. Uh, my name is Renee Sperazza. I go by Wine by Renee online. I am a certified sommelier, wine writer, wine communicator, 
wine TV show host, and more. Uh, basically, the nutshell version of it is I talk about wine for a living. You beat me to the to the punch. I was gonna I was gonna introduce you, but you did a, a much much better job than I would have. So that's fantastic. And so you also write for the Wine Effect and for the Distillery District Magazine and Holler Online Magazine as well. Yeah, I, I write here. for about six um, different publications. Oh wow! Okay, so that keeps you pretty busy as well. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, you're also a brand consultant for for. Who are, whom are you a, a brand consultant? So the work that I do in wine is kind of all intertwined together. All of it is under the umbrella of presenting wines to consumers in a way that is very easy, unpretentious, really fun. At the core of everything, wine is a libation that is a, a, a drink that can lead to a wonderful time. And why not learn about some of it in the process? So with the publications that I write for, including the Distillery District Magazine, my column in there called The Wine Effect, Holler, uh, Monarch.Wine. I also write for the Waterfront Magazine, Addicted Magazine, and I'm doing work for foodism as well here in Canada. You can find me on uh, three different TV channels for CityLine, CHCH, and Breakfast Television here in Canada as well. And then my social media account wine by renee on instagram which is one of the largest wine focused accounts in all of canada the whole idea with it and that's where the brand consulting comes in is that i work with either wineries agencies and wines of regions to tell people about all the wonderful wines that are out there and hopefully quote unquote influence them to grab a bottle and try it themselves Awesome. Okay. So Toronto, I just gonna, can I just, I miss Toronto. I used to live in Toronto for so many years. It's been, I, I miss it dearly. A random question though. Do you work with the LCBO as well? Or do you, is that completely separate from like your wine work? Fun thing about the LCBO is that as long as you're in Ontario and working in wine, you're always working with the LCBO. I also do work directly with them. Uh, actually, tomorrow morning, I have a TV segment coming up with wines and a, a conversation about low sugar wines that they have uh, put forward for me. Awesome. Okay. Well, um, I'm going to I'm gonna let you go ahead. There's two questions I have to ask you before I let you go ahead and, and do your own thing. I was just um, going to ask you how you, why you, you selected Giovanna Caruso as your producer of choice. If you could tell us a little bit about your, your thought process there. Amazing. So, ciao Giovanna. We're going to get into our conversation shortly. But here, the reason why I chose you is I was looking around for a great producer to chat to specifically from Sicily. And I really wanted to speak with another fellow woman in wine. I always love the conversations that we have. And the reason why Sicily is coming up is because I love Sicilian wines. They're my top favorite area of the world to keep going back to again and again and again. So that's why I am always drinking Sicilian wines and wanted to talk about this today. And I had tried your wines previously from your wine importer that's here in Toronto, in Ontario, called Azaru. Well, I know you guys have a lot of wines there. I've only tried the Nero Davila and the Organic Catarato, but there's more for me to try, for sure. Yes, yes. Thank you, Renée. And thank you, everybody, for having me and for choosing me. Mm -hmm. I'm super, I'm super excited about this chat. And uh, yeah, 
uh, we are in LCBO uh, with Azuro. And uh, yeah, at the moment we have two of our organic wines. One is the Catarratto and the other one is the Nero Davola. But I'm quite sure that, I mean, we have um, a bright future uh, in front of us. So I'm, I'm quite excited to improve our, our presence in LCBO as well. Super. Okay. And Renee, I was also going to ask you um, the question, what do you hope the audience will take away from the conversation, like on a, on a geekier level? Um, is, there, is there anything that you specifically wanted uh, to impart on the people that listen to the show that, you know, they'll take away from it and be like, oh, okay. Yeah. So on a wine geek level, this Kirasso and uh, Minimi are a really interesting winery across the board, especially because we're moving into this massive second generation, which I think is really quite interesting to look at at a winery. It's a place and time for wineries. If the family members are not moving forward, then you never know what's going to happen and which direction it's going to go in. So I'm curious to learn about that. The other thing is outside of Nero Davla and Casarato, this is a winery that makes some amazing wines across the board, including from uh, other grapes across Sicily that you might not see as much. So that's something that I am very, very keen to talk about today. Specifically, I know you guys are making from Zibobo and you also have some other really, really beautiful wines as well and sparkling, even though I don't get to try them over here in Canada. Um, but I want to look at it from that perspective and seeing where Giovanna and her sister are taking it, the winery itself, as the years go on. Because I've heard some really interesting things coming through the grapevine. Yes, yes, absolutely. Yes. And thank you again uh, for this opportunity. It's always nice to chat with women like you, girls. So, yeah, I'm sure uh, I'm, I'm sure it's going to be a really nice chat together uh, tonight. All right, guys. Well, without further ado. Oh, by the way, Renee, that was a really nice pun, you know, through the grapevine. <laughs> I'm going to let you I'm going to stop talking now and I'm going to let you guys uh, go ahead and, and do your thing. And I will talk to you guys at the end. Thanks, Joy. All right, Giovanna. Uh, let's you know what? Let's kick this off a little bit because I like I, like I kind of hinted at before, I really want to understand like how you got into wine. I, it's, it's a question I always ask people whenever I do interviews. I know your family uh, makes wine, but I can see that you've had a really interesting life all on your own before you got to it. So what inspired you to work in the family business and, and to get into wine? Okay, how? So that's a nice question. Yeah, um, it's true. Actually, I, I have a law degree and I'm a qualified lawyer. Um, so, but I grew up in the, in the countryside with my grandfather and I have always had a passion for the history and for the tradition of my family. So in the, in the countryside, I learned from an early age to appreciate the land and the hard work in the vineyards. For example, I remember when I, when I was a child, uh, when my grandfather used to bring us uh, in, the, in the vineyards. And we, we were with all the farmers and they used to explain us 
how how they they picked uh, the grape hub and how how was everything and we used to eat all together and for me yeah it, it was not like a hard job like it is but it was like a party um, so we 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 had lunch together and we uh, drink uh, drank together and was was really really nice for me so um being a lawyer of course has helped me in various areas but in the end I decided to fully dedicate myself to the family business I knew that my true calling was to share my family's passion and history with the world that's why I decided to focus on export and become an, an, an ambassador for Sicily in the world. However, being a lawyer has helped me a lot with the export sales, with international contracts and, and everything concerning the legal part of the winery, especially because our focus in, is export. So we export the most of our, of our products. So, uh, I mean, yes, I have not a properly uh, degrees from, from the uh, from the logical or from the winemaking part, but yeah, I'm, it's always useful. <laughs> to be honest, I'm on the same path as you. I have an entire degree in something that I think I'm not using. Uh, my degree is in environmental policy, but like yourself, you know, there's a lot of crossover in these degrees, especially yeah. in wine. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Absolutely agree. <laughs> no, it's amazing. So I... I love that aspect of it and how you get to use all of your skills as a human being into, into what you're doing and into the export of it. So since you guys, uh, since the winery itself exports a lot, I just want to give people in our audience today a sense of where the winery is. Could you just like tell us where uh, Kirasso and Minimi is in Sicily? Yeah, we are in in Sicily. Uh, yeah, yeah, so a beautiful island in the middle of the Mediterranean Sea. Uh, we are in the extreme uh, western side of Sicily on a seaside. It's a really, really beautiful land uh, kissed by the sun and by the sea. Uh, it's a really windy area. Uh, so our uh, our grapes are, uh, especially in the whites, are really um, um, fresh and salty, thanks to the to to the winds that can bring into the vineyards the saltness from the sea. So it's a really really uh, particular area. Also because our vineyards are are on a hilly area, we are around four hundred meters above the sea level. So that's a really, really nice area. And is I think that is a part of Sicily that uh, needs to be discovered. Because uh, uh, today, I mean, uh, for sure, Sicily is now famous uh, for the Etna area. Is a, I'm sure that the Volcano is one of the, is, is a super amazing. But there is also another part of Sicily that needs to be discovered. And we are part of, this side of the highland so yeah you guys are on you guys are yes. on the far uh western side of the island yes. and from what i know you guys are basically sitting in the area of marsala yes yes i i i uh, forgot to mention the city actually yeah we are we are in marsala 
Trapani province. Uh, Marsala is also famous to produce the Marsala, the liquor wine, as you know. So yeah, we are from Marsala there. Yeah. So if anyone's trying to figure out where that is and you're putting it in your head, just think beautiful sunshine and they are not that far of a drive away from Palermo. It's still going to take you a little bit, but you can get to Trapani pretty quickly from there. Uh, and it's a beautiful, beautiful place. I haven't been there in years, but it's gorgeous. Uh, so let you talked a little bit about the uh, terroir of the, the area. You're very, very uh, seaside influenced as well. So how are the soils and everything in where the vineyards are? Let's let's dive into the terroir a little bit. Yeah, the terroir is really uh, special because it's um is a uh, like a clay sandy soil, but it's also because uh, it's also really because in the past was the bed of earth, so it's really really uh, rich in mineral. Um, so we have, for example, all the round uh, stones that we call kuti. Uh, so um, they are really uh, important because these big round stones uh, have um, the uh, important role uh, of keeping the warmth of the so of the sun, sun during the day to release it during the night. So it's a really, really special soil. This is kind of similar to the galette soil that would be in Chateauneuf-du-Pape. Those large yes. stones play a really yes. big role. Yes, yes, absolutely. And and we and we call this kind of cuti in Sicilian, uh, this, this kind of, of uh, stones in uh, Sicilian cuti. Amazing. So everyone, new wine term, cuti. <laughs> yes. There you go, not galettes. <laughs> Got to switch that language up. <laughs> That's lovely. So from that, I'm expecting... Uh, and I know I've tried a couple of the wines, but if you want to imagine what you're going to be trying in the glass, I'd say your wines, your white wines are going to be nice and fresh, very textural, have some heat elements to them, which will be really fun. And those, it's great for red wines too, especially um, having that wonderful aging process on the vines as the grapes are growing with that type of soil to create very complex wines, especially in a hot region like Sicily, where you want not everything to be so hot all at once yes. for winemaking. Yes, yes, absolutely. I I can confirm comparing to also no you you, you know there is a stereotypes about the Sicilian wines that they uh, can be like really heavy to to drink. Yeah, um, that's not true. I we uh, thanks to the uh, this kind of soil and thanks to the winds, thanks to this kind of uh, temperature we we have really fresh and with good acidity also thanks to the altitude of our vineyards uh wines both uh, uh white and red so really really easy to drink uh with really good minerality as well so let's now that we've talked about a little bit about the terroir i want to dive into the history of the winery just a little mm -hmm. bit because you got you got some people along the way before it's come to uh, you and your sister. Can you tell us a little bit about the history of the winery? Yes, sure. The Caruso Minini wineries was uh, established at the end of the 90s with a desire to complete the entire production chain by, by bottling the fruit of the hard work done, done in the vineyards. That's why we decided to 
found the Caruso Minini together with the Minini family, expert in trade, focusing on the quality of a hillbitty culture. We focus a lot on an indigenous grape varietals, uh, fully aware that they have nothing to invite to the other famous international ones. Uh, that's why our bottles are almost a single varietal, so we put the monovarietal. We have the Catarratto, uh, Grillo, uh, we have Nero Davola, Perricone, Insolia, Zibibbo and many, many others. I'm quite proud to say that today the winery is present in, in about uh, 40 countries around the world and our wines are appreciated by many uh, wine enthusiasts. However, I have to say that all we are today is only the result of what, uh, of what we uh, has been in the past. I would not be here to tell myself without the work uh, carried out by my grandfather and then my father, of course. Uh, it's, in fact, it's only thanks to them that my sister and I are what we are and thanks to their passion and dedication, that they have managed to uh, convey to us that we can taste our territory and talk about this wonderful land that attracts wine lovers from over the world. Today, in, in addition to me and my sister, there is also my husband, Andrea, uh, who joined us, and he looks after the marketing uh, uh, part, no, you know, the PR uh, area uh, section of the winery. And he's, um, he's a, a guy from Piemonte, and he decided to uh, turn upside down his life and decided to move to Sicily for law at the beginning. And then he he was fully involved in the winery. And uh, yeah, now he's, he's with us as well. <laughs> That's amazing. Pick up your stuff, move down to Sicily. You know, it's basically summer year round. I have some family members in the area near you and sometimes they try to tell me they have winter there, but I don't believe them seeing as where I'm sitting at the current moment. Uh, <laughs> but I love that story. So it goes from your grandfather to your father. Uh, so your grandfather, I believe his name was Nino, and then you move into Stefano, your father. Yes. Yes. And then he partners with Mario. Yes, Mimi, absolutely. And then have you and Rosanna, and now your husband. Yeah, yes, yes, yes. So, it's uh, totally a totally a family business now. <laughs> oh, that's absolutely amazing. So I wanted to ask, like, when when did you when did you start really working in the wine? Like, what year? Do you remember how many years ago that was? Uh yeah. I, immediately after my uh, degrees, I I started as, as a lawyer. So at the beginning, I was like. Uh, kind of legal consultant of the winery and then I switched totally <laughs> uh, right my, after yeah and uh, yeah it was uh, like eight years ago almost. oh fabulous yeah. yes and the reason why I wanted to ask that is because I know that you're also part of uh, Donne della Vino the yes. Women in Wine Association in Italy which is lovely yes. if I lived there <laughs> I would be part of it hopefully so how how do you bring that aspect of working with that association into the winery itself? No, I, I'm you know I am uh, being part of this kind of association is is quite important for me uh, because you know um, uh, Donne del Vino or for um, 
uh, for all the people that don't don't speak Italian, the women of wine. Uh, as you can easily guess from the name, uh, even it's women, uh, old women, uh, producers, sommelier, wine merchant, uh, journalists in the wine sector, all are driven by a passion for their work and team up to make their voice heard in a world that has been relegated to a male present uh, for years. All, only in our re recent years have a great wine professionals emerged like you. <laughs> and uh, it's increasingly exciting because at the end, uh, I think that uh, wine is a, is, is a woman. So uh, for me, it's uh, quite important that today uh, my sister and I are part of uh, this big family of uh, women. Uh, I mean, it's uh, quite essential. That's absolutely amazing. I'm I'm so happy to hear that. Yeah. Can we hear me now? Perfect. <laughs> Sorry about that. Yes. Uh so that's absolutely amazing. And I, I think the same. I, I think it's really quite interesting to be in this age of wine specifically. Uh as a fellow woman in wine. There's a lot that we can do to bring people up. And I think working with these organizations are absolutely amazing. I think you know when something interesting is happening, especially in industry, if you look to the women that are into it, are in it, and ask them who they've met in it. So I've met all of my um, idols that I once would read about and read their work and all, all these amazing women. Now I've gotten to meet them. And you know, when you're looking at an industry and you get to do that, that's great, but it also says we need more women at the top because I want to be able to like idolize and look at people and try to meet others, which is great. So I love that you guys are working towards that and being part of uh, Donna Della Vina. Yes, yeah. Italian Wine Podcast brought to you by Mama Jumbo Shrimp. I, we we have we have the same uh, way of uh, see the things. I mean, um, yeah, uh, we women today has a really an, an essential role. Uh, they are uh, they are part of a big uh, family that is uh, the wine world, and uh, I mean uh, they are uh, one of the most important part, I guess. No, for sure, and we're seeing everyone. Uh, more women, more and more, just like yourself and your sister coming up and being more of the faces. Speaking of yourself and your sister, I've noticed that there is a key look at sustainability with uh, Kiraso and Mini and Minimi. Was that something that you and your sister put into focus? And, and what is that sustainability that you're focusing on? Yeah, our focus on sustainability uh, started a few years ago uh, when we understood the importance of preserving the environment for future of our planet and our business as well. So we truly believe it's all our cycle. What you give to natural will be returned. So following this belief, today we are committed to using clean energy sources during the wine production processes, like for example, the solar panels, and working with NGOs to promote the uh, social sustainability. Uh, for this reason, uh, we started our collaboration a um, few months ago, actually, 
with a well-known Italian designer. Um, the name is Gianluca Cannizzo, who leads a team of artists affected by Down syndrome. Uh, those guys have a fantastic and unique sensibility, and after their trip to Sicily, they came up with a pure and clear idea of what our identity is. Uh, the way they created everything takes into, into consideration small details they learn here, uh, turning our identity into labels and visuals, enhancing the link with our land and nature and culture. Uh, because for us, you know, sustainability is not just about respecting the environment, but also embracing the diversity because everyone can make their own personal contribution. Um, I can say that today many other companies, especially those with a new generation, think like us, and we are very, very happy about it. Our hope is that the, this way of thinking can be extended to everyone because environmental and social respect is a duty, I think, before being a right. No, that's amazing. I love that you guys are working with NGOs. So this this organization that you've worked with, with the artists that uh, uh, are affected by Down syndrome, what is the name of the organization? Uh, the name of the organization is uh, Laboratorio Zanzara. Uh, in mm. English, I can translate to... It's funny name, actually. It's uh, actually funny. I'm laughing already because yeah. I know what it means. It's like a mosquito's laboratory. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, um, yeah, they are, they are quite nice guys. And we are really, really happy to work with them. Also because we always uh, had to, to learn something for them. They have a really unique sensibility. And yeah, I, I, I'm quite proud that um, we are, uh, to say that we are uh, very, very happy with the result. And we and are these are for, sorry to interrupt you, these are for the labels on the organic? the uh bio wines uh, yeah I, I mean we we are we are working to launch this restyling uh this year um mm. and and the restyling is um, uh, um is involving uh all of our portfolio wines uh but the organic wow. that but the organic that you know i think is a step-by-step -step process you know i mean <laughs> we have customers all around the world so we have to be careful also <laughs> uh, so i think that the organic will be launched uh next year uh, so this year we we will uh launch uh the um part of this restyling so also to taste the market, to taste also our our customers all around the world. And then uh, the organic that you know will be uh, changed uh, from next year. Wow, that's amazing. I'm so happy to, to hear about that. Just yeah. diving into sustainability a little bit more. So focusing on sustainability outside of the, uh, more so in the vineyard for this part, I see that we've got social sustainability covered so far. I'd love to hear more, a little bit more about the sustainability that's going on in the vineyard and what kind of practices are really being used out in yeah. this area of Sicily that you can, you can go with. Because I know the area is kind of great for organic production and some sustainable production. Yes, absolutely. Yes. Uh, you, uh, you had to imagine that the Sicily holds the, uh, around the 89% of the total organic production area of Italian viticulture. 
So all Italian viticulture. So followed by Puglia, which stands at 16. Sicily organic viticulture earlier represent the almost the 31% of all Sicilian viticulture. Uh, so what makes Sicily a sustainable highland by nature is the Mediterranean climate, which has not been particularly affected by the climate change. We are now focusing on our sustainability and preserving the planet for the future. Uh, we truly believe it's important to preserve the environment for future generations and to ensure the continuity of our business. As I said before, it's all a uh, cycle. What you take must be given back. In the countryside, for example, we use the waste from the grape harvest uh, to improve the, the texture of the soil. And we, for example, regard the labels uh, they are made with a high percentage of recycled paper. Or, for example, we use uh, lighter glass bottles. Today, we are, uh, I think that we are responsible for our tomorrow, the tomorrow of our children. And this, that's very, very important to us. For this reason, uh, from this year, we are also certified officially uh, with the Qualitas, uh, which is one of the highest authorities worldwide. So it's a really, uh, really uh, important organization uh, which gives us a unique approach to the sustainability in the wine history uh, industry. So, uh, and, and that's built on the social, environmental and economic pillars. And uh, yeah, I, I, and, and I think that can, uh, can be a guarantee also for the consumers. So thanks to the technical, cultural and political resources, Equalitas uh, uh, intends to pull the best consolidated and, and innovatory practice in order to launch a global Italian model of sustainable quality. Also, yeah. thanks to these Equalitas uh, standards, we can adapt an internal sustainability management system and prepare an annual sustainability report, assuring the ongoing improvement of our sustainability standards for clients and, and for everybody. So I think that uh, that can be a guarantee for, for all the people, for the people that work with us, for the people who drink our wines, uh, so for the people uh, with, uh, that are around us. See, I always think that my degree is never going to come in handy, but then I remember that everybody's going more environmentally friendly and my degree is in environmental policy. So absolutely love to hear that the wineries are doing this and that uh, you and your sister have really started to put in that additional work into the winery. Uh, that's one of my favorite things to hear. And as we know, this environmental push is full across the board. So it's socially and it's from the vineyard all the way down to the people themselves. It's amazing to hear that Sicily covers so much organic and biodynamic and all that type of, sorry, organic and environmentally friendly production. Yeah. Uh, moving into this, like now we, you guys are in a new generation with the winery. So I, I see everything that you're doing. Is, is there one like area of focus that you really want people to know more about in the winery? Because I've been hearing a lot about Pericone lately. Yes. People haven't been <laughs> drinking it that much in the past. Yeah. <laughs> like, I know. I, I, how is it going with that grape? That's something I'm really curious about. 
Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm really happy that you asked about Pericona because it's, I'm quite proud about this grape. So yeah, I'm, and it's such I'm, a unique grape. It is a yes. very, very, very unique grape. Can, before I, we so, get into it, would you mind giving everybody in the audience just like a sense of what Pericona tastes like? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, I I uh, do a small introduction. So <laughs> I uh, strongly believe in in the indigenous and uh, and in in uh, territorial typicity. I strongly I strongly believe in the revival of those varietals that may be slowly be lost in favor of the more widely known and easy drinkable wines. And that's the and that's the sample of the Perricone which is an extremely interesting red grape varietal. Um, four years set aside in favor or more uh, well-known um, grape like, like Nero Davola, for example. So when you think Sicily, you immediately think to Nero Davola. Uh, think that in Sicily, I give you just um, two numbers. There are only 300 hectares of Perricone and 18,000 hectares of Nero Davola. So uh, Perricone is a, a really ancient grape varietal. From Perricone you also make the Marsala Ruby, the Marsala Rosso, and it's a typical from the province of Trapani in extreme western uh, Sicily. Uh, most hectares uh, were, uh, er, um, were destroyed over the centuries in favor of uh, easy to grow and sell grape varietals like the Nero Davola. But I feel um, uh, quite lucky today because my grandfather decided to keep five hectares of it. And this allowed us to carry out studies and experiments both in the vineyards and the winery. And today to bottle a really exceptional product, fermented only steel, which is a surprising evolution if left to evolve for a few years. I, uh, today uh, is one of our best sellers all, all over the world. Um, we, uh, uh, we have customers uh, which appreciate Pericone from Japan uh, to, uh, to, to China or in Canada as well, like you, or uh, is one of our best sellers in USA as well. So I, I'm really, really proud about this varietal and I'm quite happy that many uh, people, uh, many wine lovers all around the world are just not, uh, are really uh, interested to know more about uh, special grape, um, typical and ancient grape and not just uh, the most well-known ones. No, it's true. And Pericone is, is really, really quite unique. I got a chance to try a bunch of Pericone from across Sicily last year with a trip that I actually did with the uh, Italian Wine Academy for their Gita trip. Uh, it's a beautiful, very dark colored wine. You're getting lots of like almost blackberry and plum and earthy notes, very almost yeah. fruit cakey, lots yeah. of herbaceous notes and pine, which is the most interesting thing about pine, lots of pine notes, which I thought was cool. Yeah. It's yeah. The tannins themselves tend to be a little bit chewier it's almost like a like a wildness to it and it's fairly juicy so seeing it done in oak versus seeing it done in stainless steel you can imagine everyone that's listening to us today how different the wine can come out especially with that style of tasting notes and it tends to be quite full in body 
the stainless steel version is my favorite one. I determined that after trying yeah, about me 30 too. of them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, me too. If I had to be honest, yeah, I, I, because I, I really love this grape. So I prefer to drink the pure Pericone without any other no uh information uh you know from 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 the external part so i prefer to drink the pure pericone also i think that one of the most amazing thing about pericone is the evolution in bottle so since uh if you if you have for example for a, a new vintage pericone yeah uh, explosion of uh red fruit if you have an edged pericona, it's like a super spicy wine, uh, full of liquorice. Uh, it's also really nice because you can drink pericona uh, with um, uh, while eating, uh, for example, uh, fish. Uh, one of my best pairing is with tuna. Uh, is amazing. So I suggest, if you didn't try yet, I suggest you this pairing. <laughs> uh, tuna and pericone is, wow, is a bomb. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I, I definitely can say that this is one of my most favorite grapes. No, it's really unique. Everybody, go out when you get a chance. If you're filling up your wine cellar in the near future, pick up some Kirasoi Meme and get some Pericone <laughs> from them and get yourself some tuna. Cook it any way you want, preferably not casserole style, just regular tuna, and go at it. Uh, this is a beautiful, really interesting wine, and the, the evolution in the bottle, that's where the wine geeky stuff really comes in. Uh, if you're trying to get a sense of how much this evolution would be, when I first tried some really unique and and very youthful pericone it from the jump from that to being more aged it's kind of like having a beaujolais nouveau and then jump to a crew it changes completely and it's really yeah. quite nice to see that if you're looking on the oak age side which you guys don't do think more along the lines of how deep and intense you can get with something like a carminiere but at the same time that fresh style that's where it's at so yeah. thinking of the other wines that you have outside of Pericone, what, are, what else are you seeing from the native grape varietals that are coming up? Because you make a lot. You have some really interesting stuff. You even have this very unique wine. I can see the uh, Tagos with Grillo. Grillo yeah. is a wine I have been dying for it to become more yeah. and more available because it's gold it's like gold in a bottle yeah absolutely absolutely yeah uh, i mean uh grillo is our really uh typical from this side of the highland and uh yeah is um one of the most famous uh, actually is one of the most famous white grape from from this side is our really um special product is really ancient like the pericone because you know the um, the um, grillo make also the marsala, so it's are uh, really really ancient. And you know that grillo is the son of the catarratto and zibibbo, so is a uh, their their parents is a is a result of these two fantastic grapes. So has the a bit the complexity of the catarratto, but as is like the perfume of the zibib. So it's a really an extreme uh, interesting uh, grape. Um, so yeah, we have a grillo uh, in two version in our portfolio. We have grillo as organic, 
uh, Grillo, so, uh, so the dry version, but we have also the Grillo Late Harvest. Um, is a, a super nice product uh, because being uh, a late harvest, uh, we don't have sugar, but the sweetness comes from uh, that we uh, pick the grape up uh, one one month later than usual. And uh, yeah, we we don't have any alcohol. Um, is a is a super nice wine that can be paired with a cheese board or with as a dessert wine as well. And is a is an explosion of um, uh, almonds, of apricot, honey. Is a is a really an amazing wine. That is awesome. I love Grillo so 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 much. <laughs> I need more of it to be around in all styles, even the oak-aged version I love. Um, before I get into my next question, I just want to remind everybody in the audience that there is a little chat box at the bottom of your screen. So if you have any questions, as our one-hour-long conversation will be ending soon, um, if you have any questions for either Giovanna or myself during this time, please put them in the chat, and the wonderful team will help out with that and uh, ask your questions as well. Um, I wanted to ask you, seeing as we mentioned Marsala quite a bit, are you seeing more people drink Marsala lately? Is that like being ordered more? Because I'm here for these very unique to region wines. Marsala is one of them. Are we seeing yeah. more of it coming out? Yeah, I uh, I think that Marsala is a, is a wine with a really long history and tradition in Sicily. Is a really ancient uh, wine that's back to the Roman times. Just to give you mm, just few information about the history of Marsala, um, it, it was born at the end of um, uh, 1600 uh, when the merchant Woodhouse decided to send some barrels of Marsala wine to England, uh, to England, but to prevent the wine from uh, the 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 deteriorating he had a good dose of of alcohol of brandy so from that moment the myth was born and marsala has become over the years one of the most successful fortified wines uh, marsala um yeah, now is um uh it enjoy um, a little fame today everyone should keep a couple of bottle of this fortified wine in the cellar and of course, I'm not talking about the wine to make Zabaglione or Tiramisu or Scalopina. <laughs> it's a, it's Don't use the good Marsala for those. Yeah. Use, uh, use the basic bitch Marsala. Absolutely. Do not put that uh, step in there. Absolutely agree. So uh, to be honest, it's not a wine easy to approach. So it's not a soft or a banal wine. But if you if you give it a chance, you will be you will find a masterpiece behind its splendid and and aromatic complexity. Uh, but above all, Marsala wine is not a simple sweet wine. Of course, there are sweet Marsala wines, but also dry and semi dry. So let's say that it's not a dessert wine. It would be a, a colossal nonsense. It has today become again a great wine, rich, complex, and full of emotion. An excellent wine, uh, capable of surprising both when tasting alone as well as matching too many food. 
um, is um, for uh, for the people who uh, don't know, Marsala is quite similar to port in Portugal or uh, the Spanish sherry. Unlike the two, however, Marsala has unfortunately been gradually relegated uh, to a cooking wine, as mentioned before. Um, which has certainly uh, led to a downgrade as a lower uh, tier wine. This was a mistake certainly made primarily by the Sicilian themselves. I think that now it's up to the new generation like us to carry different ways of living and doing things, perhaps even <laughs> sipping a good marsala along with a nice cheese board. Why yeah, not? <laughs> and I have to ask, so your marsala, you have the Superior, uh, the Superior de Reserva, that one, I can see it. it doesn't have as much sugar as I was expecting. I haven't tried, but yeah, I, yeah, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. There is, uh, I, as I mentioned before, there are uh, many different kind of marsala. So we are not uh, uh, like a winery uh, that produce uh, many uh, kind of marsala. We have just uh, one, one, uh, one marsala. This is a superiore reserva, and is a dry marsala. Uh, the marsala can, can be defined as a dry if it has less than 40 uh, grams per liter of uh, sugar. Uh, so, uh, yeah, we have this marsala that, which is made by uh, Catarratto and Grillo. So it's uh, the typical, the classic marsala. And, you know, seeing as it's, it's a really beautiful style. It almost and and because it's on the drier side, we're looking at something that's more along the lines as if you were thinking of pairing the notes that would be coming from like a brandy type of yeah. vibe more than we would be getting from a port. So just for all y'all out there, this would be something that I would be pairing with some really fun cured meat dishes. I want a little bit of salt in there get that sapidity going uh, yeah. and also something like I would love this with uh, honestly I'm just gonna say it like a fried fish sandwich would be amazing yeah. with like a little yeah, bit yeah, yeah. Yeah. on the side I could be um, fancy and dirty at the same time <laughs> Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, I I personally uh, love cheeses, so uh, mm -hmm. one of my one of my best pairing is with blue cheese. It's uh, amazing. Oh, that sounds so good. That is delicious. Also, yeah. if you guys want to let us know your favorite ways to have marsala, let us know in the chat as well. Uh, <laughs> we are we're coming up to the last little bit of time here. So you know, I I also. Giovanna, I don't know if you have any questions for me, but I have one more question for you, and you're more than welcome to organize to ask me a question too, if you'd like. Uh, but I want to know where you see the winery going in the future. I know you're you're making the labels that are going to kind of rebrand everything and make stuff under the full line. We see a lot more native grape varieties. Like, what are you really excited about getting? Carasso uh, and Minami started for the next couple of years down the line. I mean, no, for us, um, our, I, I, I can say that our uh, commitment today is to proceed to in, in this way of sustainability uh, uh, in, in all of the, on, on all part of our uh, job. Uh, I, I, so I, I see in the next future uh, 
is 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 a long way. So is we are converting of our uh, of our vineyards in organic. So it's not a thing that you do in one day. So I I see that in in, in the next future we are still working on it, and uh, there is always a space to improve ourselves to to. Um, to do uh, the maximum we can do, so I I I can easily say that we will keep, we will continue to do that, and uh, yeah, and and I hope that we can do even uh, uh, more and more uh, our best in the next future, of course. That is awesome. I'm excited to see what you guys do, and I really hope more of your wines. Tell Azru which is your yeah. agency here in Ontario for all of my Ontarians. That yeah, the, the, the only, the only uh, question that I, I have to, to ask you is why you didn't come to Sicily yet? I've been to Sicily so many times. I just yeah, haven't but, been but, to but, winery, why, which is yeah, awful. But why, but, but why not my winery? We are, we are waiting for you in, in, uh, in the future. I mean, I hope to see you soon in person. <laughs> I will happily come the next time I am there. And what a classic Italian move to, to jump into coming back. I love it. I love it. Um, so I will be back in Sicily soon enough, and I will definitely come out for a visit. I have your contact, and I will make sure Super. that I do so. Uh, Joy, I, I hear you're coming back into the conversation with us. How are you doing over there? Hi, that was awesome. That was that was great. And honestly, you guys are, yeah, no, it was very... Uh, it was nice to hear you guys sort of have that connection. It was cool. Um, and uh, by the way, I have never been to Sicily. I just heard that. I, Giovanna, you're so, guilt you're so guilt joy now. <laughs> <laughs> of course. all of Seriously. Are. I've always God. wanted to go. Everybody keeps telling me how amazing the food is and the wine and the weather and the people. Mm-hmm. So it's going to happen soon. No. Um, okay. So, Sorry, no, I, happy, I think you just I got you might cut be off. going to Sicily too. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You are you are all welcome, girls. We can we can set everything to to welcome you here and drink good wine and of course eat uh, some cannoli together and uh, and some arancine as well. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> that sounds amazing. So um, I am going to say because normally what happens is. Um, sometimes not normally sometimes there's people that have questions but they don't or they're too shy to ask and it usually happens after it's been released from uh, on italian wine podcast so um if there are any questions i'll put it out there now please email me at info at italianwinepodcast.com or you can always text Leica and um she will forward it to me and I'll forward it to either Renee or Giovanna um, to answer your questions about the winery or anything else. And um, that that is uh, the end of tonight. There will be another clubhouse next week, I believe, but not on Thursday. Um, but we don't, I, th- I believe it's Tuesday. Um, Leica, I think that um, you are trying to organize a different day because of your classes. No, Joy. 
the the next clubhouse is going to be um next next week um it's on february some sometime in that week so i'm still organizing with noelle who's actually she's here in the audience hi noelle so she'll be interviewing joy cruel um from la villiana so that will be the next and yeah thanks thanks everyone for listening thank you so much thank you thank and you thank so much you to Thank you, thank you, girls. It was such a pleasure to to meet and to chat with you. As well, Wonderful. thanks so much for having us. Stay warm, Renee, over in <laughs> Toronto. It's not that bad out today. It's, all, it's only like zero, so I'll be fine. But have a wonderful evening, everyone. <laughs> you too. Bye, guys. Ciao. Listen to the Italian Wine Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. We're on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Himalaya FM, and more. Don't forget to subscribe and rate the show. If you enjoy listening, please consider donating through italianwinepodcast.com. Any amount helps cover equipment, production, and publication costs. Until next time, cin cin.